Welcome to The Resonance, the podcast about the energy industry from Alpha Energy Group. Hello and welcome to another episode of the Alpha Energy Group podcast. I'm Jeremy Nicholson, Corporate Affairs Officer at Alpha, and I'm joined for my fortnightly catch-up on the markets with Jason Durden, Head of Energy Markets and Risk Management at Alpha. Jason, as ever, it's it's an interesting time, and particularly in the carbon market. What's been going on there? Well, Jeremy, yes. When we last spoke, I think carbon was uh, trading in the 33 to 35 range. And no sooner had we uh, gone out with this podcast on the last occasion than the market jumped to 40 plus. It was quite remarkable. The moves in the market at that point looked really quite strange and um, perhaps worthy of uh, being looked at. We had a return of primary auctions, which meant more supply and less dependence on the secondary market. And the market then immediately cleared in a Polish auction at 38 euros, which was three euros above where the market had been in the secondary market. And uh, the next thing we know over the last two weeks, we're now in a 35 to 40 trading range and, and that looks like 40 plus. Now, it does seem to me to be that 40 was the number that all of the big forecasting houses were coming out with as the 2021 target for carbon and it looked very unusual and I think there are certain parallels here that if we look at where carbon has come in the last 12 months from 23 to 25 euros before uh, the big sell-off on COVID and it's now trading at 40 euros 12 months later one says actually there's a little bit going on in this market and um you know, it reminds me a little bit, and I'm going to date myself here, of uh, the ERM crisis and George Soros way back. This is almost as if the speculators and the investors are taking on the EU and the regulators and saying, well, you're signalling and telling everybody how it's going to be a green revolution and uh, this is a one-way bet uh, and now you've got to prove it and we're going to drive carbon as hard and as fast as we can. And indeed, and I just wonder, you know, is the temptation going to be there for the EU, for the Commission specifically, to intervene in the market to try and contain these prices? That would seem to be a rather difficult thing for them to be doing at the same time as promoting the Green Deal agenda. So they're kind of stuck, aren't they? Don't the speculators here have have the whip hand, wouldn't you say? Most definitely. And I think uh, there is scope for the EU to relook at regulation, market regulation, and try and limit activity of speculators. Speculators do bring liquidity to the market, and I think it would be unfair. I mean, this is the monster that has been created uh, effectively. And perhaps I think the EU needs to actually sort of step back and take a look at whether whether this mechanism is the right thing to do. It seems to me that in an environment where markets are incredibly short-term and more volatile than they've been in my working lifetime, that we are trying to manage long-term industrial and commercial issues we're dancing around this really fast moving tax effectively in the traded markets 
uh, and long-term structural businesses, whether they're power generators or airlines or steel man- manufacturers, are trying to steer their oil tankers of businesses that uh, take years of planning and, and shifting in an environment they just cannot keep up with. And I just wonder how far it has to go before someone actually realises that this is not the way to incentivise the green agenda and to deliver something without creating far more problems along the way than you anticipated. You know, because the big crime here would be for multinationals just to offshore the lot, take it out of the EU completely. Well, that's the big danger, of course, for European industry and indeed for for industry in the UK if we get this wrong. And decarbonisation might be the right way to go. But uh, doing it synthetically by just uh, putting your industrial production and emissions on someone else's balance sheet doesn't solve the problem. So some really big questions there for the future. In, In the short term, right now, of course, these surging carbon prices have a direct impact on the power market, don't they? What's that done to UK power prices? Well, I think emotionally, we're seeing much bigger price rises. But technically, if you look at the that rise from 23 to 25 to around 40 euros, that's putting at least £5 a megawatt hour in your bottom line, even with a slightly stronger uh, sterling euro. And it's not, you know, the sentiment, if you look at the front end of the power curve, particularly the 21 contracts, you can see that they are extended, they're trading at a premium to 22 and 23. There is a lot of interest in them. And I think the general view is in the short term, at least, the only way is up for carbon uh, and until or unless the regulators get to grips and signal that they will take action to have an orderly market instead of a disorderly market, then um, I think the bets are off really. So if you look at longer term averages and you take out the COVID 2020 impact, the 22-23 contracts actually look fair value and slightly slightly cheaper than long-term averages. Uh, if you look at 21 contracts, they still look like they are trading a premium. And I think that is a, you know, a tacit acceptance by the market that they don't really want to be selling into something that looks like it's hampered by this escalating and ever-ballooning carbon burden. Well, quite. And in contrast with a more natural market, if there is such a thing in the energy markets, how are things looking like for gas? Because we had recently seen some surge in gas prices. Are things, is the pressure starting to abate there? Yes. So, uh, well-organised market, really, the gas market. And uh, in relative terms compared to UK power and uh, certainly EU carbon. But what we've seen is we've seen uh, significant 10-year highs on demand over the last week or so as the UK came through a cold snap. And I think with the return of US LNG into the UK, the market has now taken a very, very different view of the future and has said, well, actually, what we're seeing here is we're seeing a system extended to large peak demand situations coping and actually going forward it looks like the supply side is quite robust. Well that's encouraging and 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 how does this compare with the situation in oil because there has been some tightening there and and prices I, I gather now uh, north of $60 a barrel does that look high to you what's your yeah, hunch about this? Um, you know we're, we're, we're back to the kind of levels seen 12 months ago in Q1 pre-Covid. 
So in that context, 63 odd dollars is not particularly expensive. What I would say though is that, you know, short term targets, the market's been on a bull run for about a fortnight of consecutive gains, which is very unusual. The start of December was the start of this real bull run. We've seen speculators on the exchanges, i.e. non-oil taking delivery participants, taking 14-week run of increases in their long positions. So for 14 weeks, the speculators, the investment banks have been building positions. And I think it's beginning to look a little bit overdone. I mean, in historic terms, as I said, it's not expensive. But given that there is still very lopsided demand. Now, it's really cold in the US and various other markets at the moment, which is giving support for heating and distillate. And there has been a return to industry and a return to uh, commercial activity uh, that we didn't see perhaps at the beginning of the crisis 12 months ago or 11 months ago. But we're still seeing no jet fuel demand and we're still seeing no real gasoline demand in real terms. So it does seem to me that the oil price is looking very, very dependent on Saudi supply cuts. And I wonder how long it will be before the Saudis decide to try and ultimately give up the unilateral movement and break ranks and uh, just try and take the money. Because ultimately, I think it is just the Saudis at the moment that have given the, uh, the whole OPEC output some credibility because uh, OPEC is still overproducing. There's talk about Iran coming back to market in ever increasing numbers in the latest data. Um, I suspect that uh, the whole Yemeni uh, stories that uh, propped the market up uh, late on European trading hours on Friday as well is good fortune for the bulls, shall we say. Um, So for me, I think the oil market looks overdone and propped up on Saudi's unilateral action. How long that can last or they want that to last, I think time is running out on that one. Well, it'll be interesting to see whether your hunch proves right. And lastly and briefly, some of the people listening to this may have heard about the stories of what's going on in Texas. You know, it's a huge market for power on its own, the size of a, a reasonably medium to large European state with peak demand over 60 gigawatts. But they've been having, you know, rolling blackouts there as a result of difficulties in supply matching demand. Is, is there anything we should be learning lessons from there in the, in the cold weather or is this just an exceptional circumstance, do you think? Well, I think uh, it's it'd be very easy to say, you know, the rush to non-dispatchable power again. But I think that's probably a little bit too simplistic for somewhere like Texas. The sorts of temperatures they've been enduring are creating problems that our week of sort of uh, sub-zero Celsius temperatures, 30 Fahrenheit, 25 Fahrenheit, and all those sharp overnight numbers... I think some of the numbers uh, that have been seen in Texas uh, are of the magnitude of the minus 25 Celsius, etc. And um, that has caused all sorts of uh, difficulties that it's unlikely we face here. So I don't think you can exclusively point the finger at uh, the rush to renewables and not having dispatchable power behind it. I think there's uh, there's a few things going on there and I think it's extreme weather conditions making it extra hazardous. 
Well, that's an interesting point. Maybe uh, grounds for a little bit of uh, a relative happiness here. As, as we shiver at the tail end of winter, it could be an awful lot worse and obviously is elsewhere. Well, thank you, Jason, as ever, for your insights. So much going on. I look forward to catching up on a fo- in a fortnight's time. If you'd like any more information in the meantime, please do visit our website, alphaenergygroup.com forward slash UK. Do have a look at our reports if you're interested. And we hope you join us again for a podcast very soon.